What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Sean, Randy, Christian, here for all of your fantasy football advice. That is mediocre. I'm trying to... The problem is there's only three of us, and I keep trying to bring us in, like, differently every time. But, I mean, there's only so many ways you can bring in the three names, you know? Listen, maybe, I'll just, maybe I'll just start using... Maybe next time I'll use last name. You can do whatever you want, man. You're the host here for this three-ring circus of fuckery. Ward Hall, Ward Hall Williams. Actually, doesn't sound bad. Yeah, I. I mean, why am I last though? Because it's you. <laughs> it's it's Adam's rankings, but keep going. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah true. right. <laughs> no, Adam did have Brandon above Christian. Yeah. Yes. The guy who's on once every three months. <laughs> I mean, I don't it's blame him. <laughs> All right, so we're back again. Um, we had a great episode last time. Our we we enjoy those mock draft episodes. Christian and I got a little bit heated, but um, but hey, we made it through. We're back again. They try to cancel us. They just can't. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm but, cutting that. Why? <laughs> no, you're not. No, just you're not. Going. Just keep going. I keep saying I'm going to cut stuff, and I don't. So, Well, that's why we're called the cut. <laughs> oh, oh for real. Hey. What the hell happened, man? I Dude, don't know. Just what the hell go. Yeah. Just All right. So I'm not even going to bother asking how you guys are because I both know you're idiots. Um, I both, I both know you're idiots. I know yeah, what I, I said. Shut up. You said to make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be a good one. Hey, we got to make tight talking about tight ends fun somehow, right? That's facts. There. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So Randy has a little fun fact for us before we get started. Yeah. Just because uh, I brought it up before the show and you guys could not guess it. So. The fun fact stat, uh, what rookie receiver led all rookie receivers last year and turned out targets? Wait, hold up, Christian. You already get off the air. You guessed Deontay Johnson already, right? Yes, he did. I sure did, and that was incorrect. <clears throat> my my new guess, though, is Nikhil Harry. Sean? In, in the two games that he Should, played? He yep. played in, like, ten games. Technically. Yeah, he, Sean, he, do you want to guess, too, yeah. before I give an answer? Yeah. I'm going to say that his name rhymes with Dollywood. Uh, both of those are wrong. All right, let me get, let me get one more guess. Steven Sim. No. Damn it, you said it was in the AFC. Yes. Let me get one more guess. Last guess before I just say it. Was it Paris Campbell? It was not. Paris Campbell barely played. It was Hunter yeah. Renfro. Oh. Oh, oh fuck that. It was Hunter Renfro. That's a, on, on a limited season, mind you. Yeah, he was so hurt. That, Man, screw that stat. That's not a fun stat. It's a fun stat because he's going very, very late in drafts, and he's already a favorite target of Derek Carr. Very true. You're a favorite target of Derek Carr. I wish. All right, move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I don't have to move on, Randy. You have to move I'm on. I'm just here. jumping into this. Okay. Yes. You, you got to introduce it I mean, to the people. I just said that it's a triple R. What, what else do you want from me? I was talking. Yeah, of shock. Oh, so we have we have another <laughs> so we have another another triple R to talk about today. So Randy, why don't you go ahead in your uh, in your best uh, broken Mac already? No, 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 I can't do that. You're not gonna do that. No, I boo. can't. Do that. All right. Well, the author of this review is Iowa 2011. Uh, the title is "I Made the Cut" with an exclamation point. I love that. <laughs> the whole thing is the king of the fantasy world. I have a whole new dimension to open up your horizons and explore different angles into the future that is set by example to broaden everyone's expectations that will exercise your mind into blowing a new revolution, into building a new revolution into the universe. Wow. If I can speak, that is. I've been grinding all winter to shine all summer. That's a fantastic quote uh, right up there with New Year, New Body Count. Tune in, <laughs> tune in to this fabulous oh, podcast to help you make the cut. And that's from hey, Adam Wilson 27. What is oh. happening right now? Okay, that's, oh. that's just a great quote that he put in there. And Wait, I, where did yeah. the other quote come from? That's that's courtesy of Kyle Joyce. And I will that will yeah. be a quote for the rest of my life. What that the is fuck, man. Oh what are we doing here? Uh we're we're people on a podcast that are idiots. I that has been very clear since day one. That's it's true. I don't even Christian, you take it. I don't uh, all I want to say is Wilson twenty seven, thank you for your review. Thank you for your constant support as well. Yeah, that's all I was gonna say as well. Thank but you, that, Wilson. That was a lot, dude. I 
you were testing my my reading abilities. <laughs> uh, Randy does read at a fourth grade level. Well, well fifth. fifth. <laughs> I read sports at a good level. That's about it. <laughs> what the? I I can't, today, man. I can't with this. I, can we can we just sign off and try to get the no, skip the episode? No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> you scheduled it today. I've been drinking for two days, dude. We're just gonna keep this going. Sean, what are we talking about today, dude? I don't know, Christian. What are we? <laughs> we are talking about our tight, tight end now. rankings. <laughs> Yay! We love tight ends. Just the no, good we ones. Don't. Nobody the good loves ones. We do. Yeah, yeah, all three of them. Oh, come on now. All right, yes. So we're talking about our consensus tight end rankings today. And then if we have time, we'll get into a little bit about our draft strategies. I'm not sure if we will or not. It depends on how long us idiots talk. I mean, we've already ran way too long. Intro ends go. Anytime we can go for it. Hey, Very it's true. your fault. I, it's, it's partially. I'll definitely agree with that. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's get into it. Um, so we're going to do this kind of how we did the back half of our running back and wide receiver rankings. We're not going to talk about just the top 12 because who wants to talk about the top 12? Like, I, I, I will talk about the least amount of tight ends that I possibly can. But we're going to give you not our top 24 tight ends. We're going to give you our top 25 tight ends because Shut 24 up, just wasn't good enough for Christian. Well, so here's the thing. Um, we left one person out of the actual sheet that I was using and – I was confused, and so I went back and I added him into the doc, and then it pushed it to 25, but I already wanted to talk about tight end 25 for us. So we just landed on 25 tight ends, and it'll be fun. It's, just so a, it's a running something last week anyways. Yeah, that's something to look forward to, the 25th tight end in our <laughs> rankings. We'll get there. We will. I hope hey. so. If Sean stays on the call that long. <sighs> Oh, yeah, I had no promises. All right, so let's get into it. We're not going to talk about the top three because everybody knows who the top three is. Nobody needs to talk about the top three. It's Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews finishes our one through three. Kelsey at 269, Kittle at 234, and Andrews at 200. Bam, bam, boom, done. Those three off the board. Now, hey, I'm trying to make this as fun as possible. You're good, bro. I I like that, yeah. I was just laughing a little bit. Now I'm going to be All right. So <laughs> here's the first tight end that we actually do want to talk about. Uh, he comes out of tight end four. Uh, it's Darren Waller. And not 197 fantasy points, 72 receptions on 92 targets, 958 yards, and five touchdowns. Now, I think we all can agree that he's not going to see the same target share or workload that he got last season because you have Henry Ruggs, you have Brian Edwards, like Randy talked about earlier, you have Hunter Renfro, who's going to be playing a full season. Plus, they brought in the effervescent, I don't even know if that's the right word. I just wanted to use it. Uh, Jason Witten, who's 45 but and was in the booth two years ago. But he's back. He wants to play. And you also have Foster Moreau, who a lot of people at the down the stretch last year thought it was going to, it was going to be him and Waller as the two guys. But personally, I don't, I don't have shares of Waller in Dynasty. To this point, I don't know if I'm going to have a ton of redraft on him either because I feel like people are reaching. I mean, I guess based on our rankings, maybe they're not, but there's just a lot of factors that seem to can go into Waller this year that I just kind of want to stay away from. Well, I mean, just going by the factors that you already brought up, let me ease your mind a bit here because this is actually a massive regression from last year in almost every category. Are the tight ends really just that bad? Kind of. Uh, So... (laughs) Last year, he had 221 fantasy points. Obviously, it's about 198 for this year, according to us. His target share went from 24% to 18% with this statistic. Uh, targets are down by over 20. Receptions are down by 18. Yards are down by, like, 200. But he does have two more touchdowns, where he was one of the best positive regression candidates in the touchdown community because, <laughs> I mean, he's getting an ungodly workload, and he had three touchdowns last year. Just yeah. doesn't make sense. And and so I guess you hope that Foster and Witten don't snipe those tight ends away from him again. But even if they do, I mean, an additional two touchdowns isn't really a huge jump, yeah. especially with the workload that he saw last year, the workload that we expect him to see this year. 
I think it goes back to what Sean said that the tight ends are just this bad that Darren Waller can lose a ton of work and still finish as a top five tight end. And I do actually have one dynasty share of Waller. I'm not thrilled about it, um, but he was a value there. He's a bit older than everyone else kind of around him. That's why. Yeah. Because, I mean, he he took a while to really break out. Um, But I, I think, I mean, in redraft, I am fully comfortable drafting him. Um, as long as more people start to fade him, because I think he is being drafted close to tight end four. So yeah, I, I do try and get value everywhere, but at a certain point, you got to take the top five guy when you can get him. True, it, it does just boggle my mind that he, we have him coming down in eight, eighteen receptions from last year, almost two hundred yards. Obviously, we have him going up two touchdowns, but that that's still tight end four. It just blows my mind. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's because like this upper part of the tight ends is just so far above and beyond everything else of the group. Like when you, once we get lower, you, you get to see how close everyone else is, but these top five or six are just above everyone else by a significant margin. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. So uh, tight, <clears throat> tight end five is Zach Ertz. He always seems to be up there, uh, 195 fancy points. and then. Right behind him at tight end six is Dallas Goddard. 161 fancy points, 61 receptions on 94 targets, 667 yards, and six touchdowns. Christian is a huge Dallas Goddard guy, and I don't blame him for it. And you wonder if the if the time is just going to start taking its toll on Zach Ertz at some point. And they, they drafted – Goddard was, what, a second – Third round pick? I can't remember. I know he came out of South Dakota State. Yeah. I but, can't use the there was a high investment in him. Yeah. I know that. So so at, like just looking at these numbers is we have him only going up by one touchdown, only going up by sixty yards, only going up by three catches from last year. And Zach Ertz played the entire season last year. And he's tight end six. I think the argument against this um, is that he got punched in the face. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the <laughs> yeah. argument against this is that they brought in a ton of receiving options um, between the three or four that they drafted, uh, the trade for Marquise Goodwin. The thing is their offense still revolves around targeting tight ends. I don't think that's going to change. Um, and ultimately, if Alshon's not there, which people are fully expecting Alshon to not be there, um, Dallas Goddard's going to get a bump up, and I think that's what is reflected here. He was the tight end 10 last year as the second tight end on his team. I will argue that he was the better of the two tight ends, but I can see why you would still say Ertz has the edge. But I, I am fully comfortable drafting Goddard later in a draft and just getting extreme value, um, and especially in Dynasty. Yep, yep. That's it. That's I, all I, have to say. I see. I always pause because I always figure Randy's going to say something, and then when he doesn't, I look like an idiot. <laughs> well, now but that I know that, it's going to happen way more often. <laughs> Fine, I'll just cut you off, and you won't get to talk at all. You do that anyways, dude. What? Shut up. <laughs> all right, moving on to tight end seven. Uh, Hayden Hurst is a name that I' pretty sure this is. If he finishes top ten, it's going to be like the first time ever that he's been in the league and finished top 10. 161 fancy points, 61 receptions on 75 targets, 701 yards, and five touchdowns. He's no Austin Hooper, no longer in Atlanta. They traded for Hayden Hurst. He got out of the tight end, the tight end to abyss that is Baltimore, especially with the emergence of Mark Andrews last year. But Russell Gage, Julio Jones. Yes, I said Russell Gage before Julio Jones. I don't care. Um, Calvin Ridley. And especially like Christian is definitely a big believer in Calvin Ridley making the third year leap. And you got to think that Julio's wheels again, Julio's wheels fall off at some point, even though maybe he's just going to play until he's 60. Who knows? Um, So the question is, is, is Hurst going into this offense being the third target or like what, like what do we think his ceiling is 
Like, can he be? Can he be top five? Because obviously, Austin Hooper was the fantasy tight end one last year when when he did play because he was just a touchdown monster for Matt Ryan. Can Hayden Hurst slide into Atlanta and be that same guy? I mean, I personally believe he's going to be fighting for that target three spot with Todd Gurley. Uh, they they have been an offense that targeted the off the running back heavily in the past. I do agree with Christian. I think Kevin Ridley makes the the Chris Godwin third-year leap uh, that we saw from him last year, kind of with a decrease in tight end production. So maybe that's the exact same thing that happens here. I think this is his absolute ceiling. I definitely think he's lower than this. I do think he's a decent tight end. I just don't think he should be above some of these guys. But it is an offense that targeted tight end heavy the last few years, made Austin Hooper a stud. And, I, I mean, if you believe that that's more scheme than talent, I I understand why this is this high. It'd be very hard to look at what Austin Hooper's been doing and assume the next guy that they really value can't at least be close to that production. And I think what the, what's nuts is Hayden Harris is only in his third season, but he's also 26. Yeah. And he's never had more than 30 receptions in the season. Uh, what's funny is Baltimore goes out and drafts him, I, I think, in the first round. I yes, think he, yep. he was a he first-round was- pick. In 2018, Baltimore goes out the next year and says, "Nah, eh, screw this guy. Let's go draft Mark Andrews. Uh, no, it was, they, they were in the same draft. Hayden Hurst got hurt in the preseason, and Mark Andrews took the job and just never let go of it. Yeah. Um, and, and they figured, oh, we still have a role for Hurst because we run 18 tight end sets. And mm-hmm. he just he wasn't able to stay healthy throughout his time in Baltimore. He... I mean, I don't know this as a fact, but just the perception watching Hayden Hurst is that he just wasn't as dynamic as you would have hoped a first-round tight end would be. But I also think that Hayden Hurst is probably more athletic than Austin Hooper. Um, So if they do scheme around him, I think that he does have that top-five potential. The problem is I don't think that they scheme around him. I think they kind of incorporate Gurley a little more than they incorporated Freeman. Um, and it, I mean, tight end seven, I, I think he's being drafted somewhere around there. Um, but if you find that he's falling and you can find value, then I'd, I'd be okay with Hurst as well. Um, obviously, if he's a, a top 10 tight end for us. Again, that's all. God Fun. damn it, Randy. Say something. I, I started this whole thing, bro. <laughs> I'm coming my neck for this shit. I was just ready for the next guy. It's it's Austin Hooper. Um, wow. All right. <laughs> I was hoping for a little more enthusiasm, but you know what? I'll fuck myself. It's tight ends. Come on. That's true. I agree. Oh god. Um. So Austin Hooper comes in at tight end eight, 160 fantasy points. 50 receptions on 81 targets, 621 yards, and eight touchdowns. Now, I'm pretty sure we are much higher on Austin Hooper than, like, when you look at ECR, people, like, people have no idea what to expect. But I think the news about David Njoku requesting a trade only has to help his value because, I mean, you look at the Browns' other um, tight ends right now on the roster. It's Steven Carlson. It's Pharaoh Brown and the rookie Harrison Bryant, who he could eventually become that number two guy. But we always talk about it. It's kind of one of the models we live by is that rookie tight ends don't do anything ever. So you have to think with bringing in Stefanski, bringing in Alex, uh, Alex Van Pelt, like Hooper's going to be utilized a ton. And I'm kind of surprised to see these other rankings to have Hooper so low. I mean most most of those have him like ten through twelve though. Yeah, but I mean I mean think about it. I mean we have him tight end eight and like and extra consensus has him barely in a tight end one tier. Yeah, they're just nervous about the new situation. Well and and here's where I struggled with Hooper is they paid him a fuck ton of money. Like he is the highest paid tight end pretty sure in NFL history, right? That Sounds like I don't know if it's NFL history. I know he is the highest paid tight end in the NFL right now. Okay. Um, so they paid him a fuck ton of money to use him. 
And the problem is Odell's still there. Jarvis is still there. Kareem Hunt is still there. Um, Nick Chubb's going to get the ball a ton. It's a run first offense. So I, I, I struggle because Hooper's going to get less work than he did in Atlanta before he got his bag. And so you're going to, I mean, people who don't really pay attention to rankings, they just go into drafts. They're going to draft Hooper as like a top five tight end. And I don't think you're going to see that. And I really don't think he has that upside. Even I think Odell and Jarvis severely limit that. And just in terms of like target share. And I think Kareem severely limits that in terms of what area of the field they're working in. So it, it was a struggle for sure to get Hooper here. I think I ended up coming down on him like three times. So he would, he would have to completely dominate the Browns tight touchdown target share for him to be top five. It would have to be a very high number. All right. Well, let me, let me do this then. So right now, looking at fantasy pros. Here. <laughs> yeah. All right. So right now, looking at fantasy pros, strictly redraft. Uh, I mean, we'll call it just a regular PPR league. Uh, Austin Hooper or Hunter Henry? I'd take Hooper. I would take mm, – I'm going to take Hunter Henry uh, just because I, I – that's so close to me, but it's because of the whole – there's really only Keenan Allen around him now. I mean, him and Echo do share the same kind of targets, but he's going to do well in that offense. Austin Hooper or Rob Gronkowski? Hooper. Hooper. Gronk is such a wild card this year. I there's, I highly doubt we get the exact same Gronk, especially because his body's completely different than when he was playing. Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper or Jared Cook? Austin Hooper. Hooper. Yeah. Austin Hooper or Noah Fant? Austin Hooper. Yeah, that's closer, but I'd I still go Hooper just because I believe in, I guess, the offense a little bit better. Okay, that's then that's fine. But the, and that's what I'm saying is, I just list. So Hunter Henry is the seventh tight end off the board. Gronk's eight, Hooper's nine, Cooks ten, and Fant's eleven. I mean, half of those guys we said we would rather have Austin Hooper over. That's why I'm just kind of surprised that he's falling where he is to other other rankings. That, most, that's point. most rankings, like most expert consensus rankings, always give people going to new teams a lot lower expectation than they had the year before. Sure. Yeah. Safety valve of the right. industry. Austin Hooper or Tyler Higby? <laughs> Austin, Austin Hooper. Hooper. Hey, he's coming <laughs> in. He's being drafted as the tight end 12, guys. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's Thank going God. down at least. He got tight end 12. Jesus. Yeah, right. All right, so let's move on to tight end nine. It's one of Christian's favorite players, even though he just traded him away. Also, Randy, you and I, uh, we can do it on the air. We can do it off the air. You and I have to talk about Christian when it comes to trades, but we'll we'll save we'll it. We'll do it off the air. That's fine. Give him shit already. All right. Um, Mike Kosecki comes in at tight end nine, 157 fantasy points, uh, 64. <laughs> Got to just laugh. Sorry, I'm laughing at the notification I just got. I think Christian should be seeing it here soon, too. Yep, I saw it. I'm pissed. <laughs> We're in the middle of a draft, guys. Sorry. Yeah, and it's an IDP draft. It's the first Dynasty IDP league that we're all doing together. Christian had talked about how he was going to take Darius Leonard in the fifth round, and Darius Leonard just got – or was that the fourth? No. In the fourth, yeah. yeah. Christian was going to take him in the fourth. Darius Leonard just got picked one spot before Christian in the fifth. So, Mike Kosicki, uh 64 receptions on 103 targets, 734 yards, and four touchdowns. I mean, I think the biggest question you have to ask with Kosicki is, who would you rather have throwing him the football, and who's it going to be? Like, Do you want Tua out behind there throwing it to him, or is Tua going to use the tight end or use the wide receivers more? Uh, that See, that's kind of an unfair question because the wide receiver talent in Alabama compared to the tight end talent is – it's not even fair to do that comparison. Like, their wide receivers are god. Like, sure. So, in my opinion, I it's so weird because, like, athletically and everything, every single like regular like watching him play, I I love Gasecki. But, god damn, if you look at his stats, is he's so bad? Like, <laughs> he is him and Zach Ertz are just so inefficient 
It's just Ertz gets carried by so many targets by his favorite, the quarterback, Wentz, who is his favorite target. So it makes and, sense. But, and Gusecki's career, he's averaging 6.37 yards per time. Yeah. Yard target. I mean, just look at this catch percentage, guys. <laughs> like, holy hell. It's not good. So the thing that I worry most about with Gasicki, though, is none of that. I don't care who's throwing the ball. I worry, and I've put a couple of tweets out, actually, about Chan oh, Gailey's crap. offense. It's, it's, it was 57% last year. Not good. <laughs> not good. Um, but Chan Gailey's offense traditionally has not been kind to tight ends. And so the rebuttal is, oh, well, Mike Gesicki lines up in the slot. He's a big slot. That doesn't matter. Chan Gailey always puts his tight ends in the slot and just doesn't use them. The difference here, I think, is that Gesicki is really talented despite his shitty catch percentage. <clears throat> he's a really athletic guy. So, I mean, get him the ball he's and a, let him work in space. I mean, he's a big dude. I mean, 6'6", 215. Yeah, and one of the most athletic profiles ever at the Combine. Um, he profiles to be one of the best tight ends in the league, but Chan Gailey might limit that this year. And I will happily be wrong because I love Gasicki. I think that he could be awesome, but I just, I'm staying away from Gasicki this year, despite us having him in our top 10. Yeah, he's, and- he's going a bit too high. It's, and the the major concerns with him is obviously he's inefficient. His catch percentage, uh, I it's I, I think last year's career best at like fifty seven. We have him with this at like sixty two percent, which I'm not even sure is doable for this guy. Uh, it's an offense that is going to be changing yet again because now they actually have running backs that can you know run the fucking ball. So we'll see how that works. Uh, <laughs> so the quarterback that's not a running quarterback won't be the highest running player on the team. Uh, and then Devontae Parker is going to demand a huge target share. Preston Williams is going to get over 100 targets easy, in my opinion. Uh, and then you got fast guys like Albert Wilson and a few other guys that are going to be getting the same kind of target share, like isn't, in the same, in the same Alan, field. Isn't Alan Hearns still bouncing around over there? I believe, and there's one of the guys really fast I can't think of off the top of my head, uh, but they might get all the middle field targets, and so could Brita. So I... I do love the athletic profile. I'm not quite sure I love the player on, like, statistically. I love watching him because he is just such a physical freak. But it's, I don't know. This this is his ceiling to me. Okay. Again, I think the, like, it's, it, anytime there's going to be a quarterback change, always kind of scares me. Because there is going to be one at some point. Two is going to play eventually. Yeah. And I, well, I don't know if it's going to be this year. I mean, a lot of people do. And, like, how – I mean, can you really run with Ryan Fitzpatrick for an entire season? So – I think you can. It just depends what's happening, really. Sure. Which, so, that scares me to the point where I probably would stay away, especially as my first tight end, which brings me to the next guy who maybe will have the same problem. Hunter Henry at tight end 10 uh, with 156 points. Now, we're not really going to talk about him, but, again, it's going to be Tyrod to start. Probably at some point going to be Herbert. But like Randy said, there's not really a lot of other guys. Like Mike Williams is just a deep threat. Keenan Allen is going to be catching passes over the middle of the field, short routes and stuff like that. But then it's really just him and Eckler. So Hunter Henry, is you hope, is going to be utilized. But again, rookie quarterback eventually. Evan Ingram comes in at tight end 11. And then here's the next guy we're going to talk about in depth. Uh, he actually tied with Evan Ingram for the slot at 151.3 fantasy points. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, we talked about him a little bit already. 57 receptions on 72 yards, 603 touchdowns, 603 yards, 603 touchdowns. That would be insane. And 603 yards and six touchdowns. Will you be okay going into the season with Rob Gronkowski as your starting tight end? No. I would say yes, but I think I would also... See, that's... If I take Gronk, it's because I waited, and I'm going to take a guy a little later that's falling later in drafts, uh, just to help bolster my position. Like that's that's kind of that's where I would get like Jared Cook later, or maybe like Blake Jarwin, and then just if Gronk for some reason doesn't pan out, even though he's going to be most likely one of the favorite targets of Brady transitioning over. Uh, but 
we'll we'll see. At least you you would. That's definitely the situation where I draft two tight ends in redraft. That is. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I think him being out of football for a year, him having a brand new body type. I mean, the thing that made Gronk awesome was. Well, he, um, I mean, he's an athletic uh, freak. That's and he he was and he but, was that was the whole. Yeah, he was tough to bring down. When you did bring him down, though, he got hurt. Maybe he stays a little healthier this year. But I think not a lot of people are putting stock into OJ Howard this year, and I think they should, um, despite what happened last year. Um, I think it's one of those cases where you're a year too early. I think OJ Howard's going to be the better tight end there. I just. I don't, but maybe hopefully Gronk can get his head right, maybe or something. Maybe we can figure out OJ Howard just by having the greatest tight end ever with him in a tight end room. All right, so uh, we'll move on here. So Noah Fant, tight end thirteen, Christian's boy Jonu Smith. I've seen a ton of hype coming into Jonu Smith for this year for a, a tight end fourteen, not just Christian. Um, I like to say when they're Christian's boys because it seems like Christian's usually Christian's like the only one that is positive on a guy and like Randy and I are usually behind, but I, I'm big on Jonah this year too. Um, Eric Ebron tight end 15, TJ Hawkinson tight end 16, which brings us to tight end 17, Tyler Higby and uh, 137 fancy points, 54 receptions on 71 targets, 538 yards and five touchdowns. It's nuts to me how much of the fantasy community still believes in this dude is like a top seven guy. Well, um, so if you look at what he did the last like five weeks, it, it makes sense. And the people who don't believe in Gerald Everett are going to push Higby up. The problem is Everett broke out before Higby, then he got hurt. And then the argument that some, some guy got pissed at me on Twitter because I put the shouting emoji first because I was just shouting from the rooftops. I wasn't shouting at him, but he got pissed at me. He thought I was yelling at him. But I said, Tyler Higby is the tight end two on his own team. And I still fucking believe that. I still think that Tyler Higby is going to get less work than Gerald Everett because Gerald Everett showed us first that he can be that guy. Granted, what Higby did the last few weeks was awesome. And what he took away from Cooper Cup is that that's the main reason we lowered Cup this year. But, man, I just can't get behind Tyler Higby as a top 10 guy despite what he did the last five weeks. Basically, just like you said, and I, I don't think it's necessarily like one's going to be a tight end one in the system. I, I think right now, I think it is fair to say that Higby is leading the tight end room in an off season where they haven't even practiced yet. I think that's fair for right now. So that's why he's still at tight end 17. But I think it's going to be more of an intense split between the two. And that is why he's going to be here. Everett's going to be low as well. And they're both going to be in the field. They're both going to be taken away from each other and Cooper Cup and all the running backs. And that's why we have Robert Bobby Woods. It, we have Bobby Woods is almost wide receiver one. Uh, our wide receiver 13, I believe. And we have uh, Cup way down. And we have all, both these tight ends way, way down. Uh, if you're taking Tyler Hickby as a tight end one, I apologize. You are going to cut him about week five to pick up I. Irv Smith or some shit, and you're going to be really pissed that you took Tyler Higby. It's going to happen. I, I apologize. The way, the way he says that is like, <laughs> I can't even describe it, but it's just like how Randy is. Yeah. Like, I, I apologize. You're going to pick up Irv Smith or some shit because you're going to be pissed, it's and it's the, not my fault because I told you not to draft it. It's the enigma. I like it. Let's keep going. <laughs> no, That's I true. mean, and and part of the reason too is how much do you trust Jared Goff? Is he going to be the Jared Goff of two years ago that made the Super Bowl, looked awesome, looked like the number one pick, or is he going to be the guy who doesn't even look like he should have been on an NFL team last year? Yeah, I think a lot hinges on their dog shit offensive line, though. Too. <laughs> That's not if we had one, if we had one recurring theme for this podcast, it's don't draft. Um, well, for me, it's don't draft Duke Johnson, and it's the Rams' offensive line is the worst offensive line Christian's ever seen. Yeah, it's, I mean, when a Browns outcast 
is starting for you, things aren't going well. That's fair when you look at how bad the Browns line is. All right, so let's move on. So uh, the guy that you will be picking up once you cut Tyler B <laughs> in week five, Irv Smith, comes in at 18 and 137. And uh, at tight end 19, Jared Cook, uh, 132 fantasy points, 36 receptions on 55 targets, 601 yards and six touchdowns. Expert consensus has him at the tight end nine, like I brought up before when we were talking about Austin Hooper. And the thing about Jared Cook that I don't think anyone seems to realize He's been a tight end one in fantasy finish each of the last three seasons. But obviously the big question mark is at the Saints adding Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, are they just going to air it out a ton of times and everybody's just going to get the ball a bunch? No, because they all, I mean, they're going to throw a bunch. I, I will say that, but like their team that they get up, they run the ball. They get up, they dump it to Kamara. They, 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 they get up, they throw slant to Thomas quick. Like they, they want to chew the clock once they get up. They're they're a very high power team that can keep scoring, but they do try and limit the game as best they can. Uh and and we're we're talking about him. This is low to me, but it's also not it's also not a bad regression. It's I mean, I believe it's ten less targets, like seven less receptions, a hundred less yards, which I mean's fair, and three less touchdowns, which a touchdown number of nine is the highest of his career, so that does bode well to regress back to the mean. He's an older tight end. We have a really, really good wide receiver, too, in this offense for the first time what feels like ever. So it's very fair for him to drop, and it just so happens that he drops, like, I feel like it's, like, 20 points from last year. That Probably a lot more than that, actually, with three touchdowns. But it's, it's really not that bad of a regression for a basically – He's going to drop down to what the fourth option in the offense now, in the passing game. Fifth, Taysom Hill. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's fourth, yeah. No, and and the thing with Cook, about is, thirty, he drops thirty-five points from last year. Yeah, and and he's really not that far off. I think what actually bumps him in in ranking down so far is we do expect other tight ends to be better. I mean. Yeah. We had Eric Ebron ahead of him. We have TJ Hawkinson ahead of him. We have Jonu Smith and Noah Fan. I mean, those are guys that, I mean, maybe one or two of those guys finished ahead of him last year, but those are guys that are taking leaps, whereas Cook's on the downside of his career. So it, it does make some sense. Um, I think similar to what Randy was saying about Higby, if you draft Jared Cook as your tight end one, you're going to drop him by week five. I don't think you're going to be too happy with his week-to-week production. And all the sites that are having him about like 12 to 14, uh, he has generally about like 145 points, I believe, was kind of like the average around us all. And that would still that would be our tight end 13. Like, that would make sense. But we don't feel we, – we, we feel a little bit less on that. We feel there's going to be some regression. Even if there's just the regression from the touchdowns from that number, from 9 to 6, that puts him to where – he's at for us just because there's the guys it's not a huge drop from 13 to 19 yeah dude is 33 years old yes he is pride of south carolina him and hayden worst all right let's finish off these tight ends sean god do we do we have to yes we do yes i and blake jarwin tight end 20 uh jordan akins at tight end 21, Tyler Eifert at uh, oh, man. I, uh, tight end <laughs> two. Ian the, Thomas at tight end 23. The disrespect of Ian Thomas here. God. Yeah. Be at oh, tight end 23. At least make uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Rudolph comes in at tight end 24. And so Sean threw a hissy fit and left. The call after we fucked up the Chris Herndon talk. And there's the the kicker there. Chris Herndon is our tight end number 25. I wanted to talk about him because I think he has a lot of opportunity this year. People are fading him because he had a really, really rough 2019. Um, but he's a guy that he could very well finish above tight end 25. And we lost everything that we talked about. Um, regarding Chris Herndon. So that's why you have me cutting in, and now it is time 
for a break. All right. Welcome back to the cut. Uh, all that's over. I never have to talk about our tight ends again. I feel I feel like I need a shower just doing that. But um, so let's just quickly talk about some strategies here before we end this. Um, how so we're we usually like to talk about our draft strategies a lot, especially when it comes to our mocks and stuff like that. Uh, Christian went with the zero RB strategy in his uh, redraft mock and he felt pretty good about it. When it comes to a redraft, especially something like a super flex, I'm still waiting on a quarterback, even in that scenario. Like even when you start two, because there's still once you get once you get past like the top four or five quarterbacks, there's the and it's not even just a tier break, it's just a points break. While and like I'd rather have the depth at other positions to fill that because you have to start two to three of those players every week, whether it's two running backs three receivers, two running rescue receivers, and a couple flex. Like I need if I don't have that depth in other spots, I just feel like off. I have a question for you though. So in this startup that we're drafting in right now, I chose the third overall pick and Mahomes fell to me. What would you do in that scenario as someone who prefers to wait on quarterback? Because I, I struggled with that, too. I, I was looking at Saquon or Mahomes, and I thought that the tear break would be just too drastic by the time it Let got me put to it this the way. 2.10. In another startup, I had the 104. It went McCaffrey, Mahomes, Barkley. I didn't go Jackson. I went Michael Thomas. I didn't take my first quarterback until the seventh round. Interesting. It's a ballsy play, and I don't blame you. I generally I want to get one of the top, like, three to four tiers, which, I mean, that's it depends on how you feel the tier breaks there. I want to get one of those guys, for sure, and especially a dynasty startup like we're now. Uh, redraft, uh, the Superflex, it's kind of a little bit different because I know just from past experience and two QB leagues and Superflex, I can get away with yeah. crap as my second quarterback as well, as well, long I'm... as I hit everywhere else. So getting a safe bet at wide receiver running back does bolster your chances of being able to play with a guy like and let me, Carr, well, well, let me put a good one in that same league uh, that I'm talking yeah. about right now. Here's my team is Sam Darnold, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, George Kittle, Le'Veon Bell, AJ Green, Jimmy Garoppolo, and then I was still able to get Dwayne Haskins as my quarterback three, and I I feel great about that. Line. Yeah, your quarterbacks are fine. I I don't. I'm not quite sure any of them will crack QB one, but they they'll probably have QB one. But I don't here. I don't need them to. Yeah. If, if both of those guys, if I'm starting Darnold and and Garoppolo every week, and they're QB fifteen, but I'm getting the points out of Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, Odell Beckham, and Michael Thomas, who could be two wide receiver ones. Especially we expect a bounce back year for Beckham and that whole Browns offense. Like I'm, I think that team is going to win me weeks, no matter what happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's the difference in the strategy. That's why I was saying like. Like in ours, I I just grabbed Baker as like the last part of a tier for me, and now I'm not pressed to get a quarterback. I know I can win with Baker and trash basically, is <laughs> because I can. Plus, it's tight end. It's tight end premium as well. Plus, it's it's tiny. It's tight end premium, which allowed me to take George Kittle in the second round instead of being worried about what receivers fell to me. If I would have taken Lamar at the one hundred four. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, this, it's dynasty startup, so it's a little bit riskier, and you have to worry about age a little bit more. Whereas redraft for mm-hmm. flex and two QBs, you can kind of go guns blazing, and you could really go Brady, uh, Breeze, Rivers as your quarterbacks and wait. Yeah, hell, if I end up fine, if that's the kind of team I end up with in a super flex redraft, and let's say you take out, let's say you take out Darnold and you put in like Roethlisberger, like I'm that. To me, that's a championship team. Yeah, because right there. That, and, means, and that means you probably have three really probably top 20 running backs. You probably have three top 28, 30 wide receivers that you know are going to be. And you guys know I'm higher. And you guys know I'm higher on Bell. But to have Bell and Carson to to rotate and having Aaron Jones as my RB1, like it's just I, I find myself when I, when I don't, because I've had a decent amount of startups where I've been in that position where one of those two quarterbacks gets to me and I've gone elsewhere. I don't have a single share of Lamar Jackson. I don't have a single share of Mahomes. I just feel the value at the running back or wide receiver position, especially that early, yeah, 
yeah. it's just too good to pick. It depends. It depends what you pick. Like you guys brought up the top three, top four situation. I think there I'm more hard pressed to go Mahomes Lamar, uh, just because they're so young and so great. Uh but I got Lamar at ninth in one of our dynasties, and that was surprising. Yeah. I, mean, I had to pick him. I I would the the question for me is if that was Watson or Kyler, I think I would go the skill player instead of quarterback there. Yeah. And I did that here. So it's it's kind of strange. It's really how it falls and how you rank the tiers. And for yeah. us, it generally isn't that high for quarterbacks because maybe we're just too accustomed to waiting on quarterbacks and redrafts. Uh, it's kind of tainted our view, but I like to think of it as not that. <laughs> well, and, and, I, and I want to pull back to my conversation with Polly. I mean, I explained what happened with, um, I don't even remember who my quarterback one is, Dak maybe in that league. And I have yeah, Drew Brees and I, and I went Drew Brees as my QB two. And you guys made fun of me because I reached and then are we talking about the pinnacle? Yes. Um, I actually have Watson, I think. Um, <laughs> too many leagues, man. Um, but Oh, you're, you're in too many leagues. Yeah. I'm in less leagues than you, but anyway, um, so I went breeze and then I had to go Haskins with my next pick. And Paulie explained that the waiting on quarterback strategy has done him wonders. Like he won, I think he said 33% of his dynasty startup leagues last year, which that's, that's difficult to do. It's difficult to just come in and just run the table with your dynasties. Um, But I actually want to also bring back to something that you said, Sean. So you took Michael Thomas and it gave you the flexibility to not worry about receivers coming back. Um, and you took Kittle. Do you, and I, I feel like in drafting with you a ton, I feel like you value the receiver more than the running back in Dynasty. Is Sorry. that the case? I I think because I value a guy like Le'Veon Bell or a guy like Melvin Gordon or a guy like David Johnson higher than you guys do. So, yes, I would argue that I would much rather have the Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, hell, in the draft we're doing now. I went Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper as my first three picks, and I'm still going to end up with Melvin Gordon and one of either James Conner or Le'Veon Bell if that's the route I choose to go as my RB2. Plus, in our separate rookie draft that we're doing after, I'm going to get one of those rookie running backs. So, like, while there is clearly not the depth at running back that there is a wide receiver, I've always been on the side of you want the top of the top because I've there's been too many times and I know I say that I've won a lot of leagues which I do I'm not gonna lie you do. I, like and I'm not trying to sound like an asshole like I I, oh, I feel right. like my when it, well yeah but like when it comes to my seasons like I feel good I've there's been too many times where I've lost the teams because I've had the depth of running back because I've taken a Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott but I've lost to the Michael Thomases or the Devonte Adams or the DeAndre Hopkins like I I don't like losing to those guys when I can get those guys and figure it out later. And a lot of times, especially in dynasty, if I decide that, Hey, my running back depth isn't where it is. It's much easier to trade one of these top end receivers and get a top end running back. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't want to go that route, these receivers have, we always talk about that. These receivers have a much longer lifespan than running backs. I'm, I'm going to have Michael Thomas. If I decide to, he'll be on my team for 10 years. Whereas if I would have taken even a guy like, like if I would have taken like Derrick Henry, if I, if I would have taken Henry over Hopkins, like Derrick Henry maybe has three years left of value in Dynasty. Do I really want to waste a second round pick on that when I could have DeAndre Hopkins who's going to be there for eight, seven, eight years? Yeah. Like to me, that's kind of how I think about it. And, and it's fair. And I think that's traditionally how people view a dynasty is the receivers hold more value, but then you get in the drafts and you see, yeah, you see the, the running backs go like flying off the board because you know, you can get a ton of valuable receivers later. Um, I think it's an interesting strategy. I mean, I, for fuck's sake, I mean, like you said, it's easier to get a top tier running back. I just traded Mike Gesicki in a first for Aaron Jones. Like, it, granted like that's an even trade but you can turn a tight end and a pick into an rb1 
And I think that's easier to do. Yeah, than and to, you're not offering, and you're not getting, you're not getting Devontae, you're not getting Devontae Adams for me for Mike Kosicki in the first. I'm not giving no. you Devontae Adams. And well, not we're, anymore. We're also, people <laughs> that are more willing to trade a first round pick, where a lot of people aren't, especially when they're new to dynasty, so startup situation like we're going with. So I, it's we understand the value gap. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Uh, I'd rather have Aaron Jones three times over than the first that I traded. I think, I, even well, yeah, because yeah. again, we will. You don't because you don't know what is if it's a back end first, and like you look at this year, like would you rather have Aaron Jones or Justin Jefferson? You'd rather have Aaron Jones. Would you rather have Aaron Jones or Henry Henry Ruggs? Even, would you rather have Aaron uh, Jones? Even if it's a mid round, would you rather have Aaron Jones or J.K. Dobbins or well, J.K. Dobbins? Or you know, like even one of the rookie running backs. Makers went around there. I mean, the only guys, the only two guys I would say I would rather have than Aaron Jones right now are Edward Solaire and Jonathan Taylor. And yeah, I think that's a toss up. And that's because of a long term as well. Like yeah, yeah. Jones Agreed. obviously. And, and it's and and they're in great situations. Yeah. For future success. Now flip to redraft for a second. Um, because we all go we we wait on quarterbacks that and I think that's pretty standard. Um, it, it, I'm well, I guess yeah. not. I mean, you still see Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes going in the first round of some redraft leagues. And I think while like if Mahomes hits, he could be a league winner. You're also just drafting at their ceiling. And that's where I know Randy and I love to in redraft stock up on running backs. Oh, yeah. Um, because I think for me, especially this year, I don't know if I'm going to do that because there's so little, like there's so little guys that aren't going to be competing with a rookie that it scares me to the point where I might find more teams just loading up on wide receivers. See, and, and I don't blame that. I just, for me personally, I would rather have, let's say, let's say it's back end. So let's say like Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb, and then maybe even get in, I don't know, maybe like a Clyde Edwards-Alaire a little bit later, and then wait and get like maybe Keenan Allen, Robert Woods at wide receiver redraft because I don't give a shit. Alan about Robinson. Alan Robinson, if he somehow falls that far. Uh, I'm just saying, like, for me, I'd rather get two running backs I absolutely love, but it also has to be value. For me, especially in redraft, I am completely about value, or my only strategy really is wait on quarterback because every time I go for one of the top tier quarterbacks, I end up regretting it down the road. I I mean, I always do well no matter what, but all the teams that I generally always win with and redraft, it's because I stockpile on running backs. And a lot of the time it's stockpiling on the, the guys that are ready to break out. So it's taking the shots in the mid rounds. Yep. And, and I think, and we reference the footballers a lot because they're awesome. Um, the the strategy of just yeah Andy Mike Jason if you guys ever want to come on the podcast honestly I reached out to Jason once never heard back but someday someday he'll see us um day uh, my prince well now he's not coming on dude now it's crazy um, <laughs> no but they always reference uh just the the waiver wire quarterbacks you can pick up guys yeah. in redraft leagues start them and win your week because you right. waited let me do it this way so i and i think and i've i've had this happen two out of the last three years i've drafted this is one of my big money leagues who was the by far the top scoring quarterback last year lamar jackson what round did i draft him in? i believe you, said you got him in like ninth 12th nope 12th. I drafted Lamar Jackson in the 12th round. Yeah. It's safe to say I won that league. Last year, but redrafts, I was getting Josh Allen about 11 or 12 as well. Yep. Right. But that team allowed me to get Julio Jones, Dalvin Cook, Robert Woods, Evan Ingram in the first four rounds. Now, granted, I think at the end of the roster, um, yeah, I can I can tell you my final roster. So I and then yeah, I had I had Jackson, I had Julio. I ended up trading for Devin Singletary, I believe, or I picked him up on waivers, but I still had Robert Woods. And like, this is the team that won me the championship, but it's because I waited 
and found that quarterback. And then a couple of years before that, I remember telling you guys that I took Mahomes in like the 14th. Yeah. Yep. His rookie season. Our our startup for the AFL, I was waiting and waiting and waiting, trying to get Mahomes later. And I was also trying to get Allen a bit. Well, no, yeah, it wouldn't have been Allen. I was waiting uh, for Mahomes, really. And I just, I think it was Colin sniped him like the pick before me in like the yeah. 13th, 14th round. I was pissed. <laughs> I was like trying yeah. to throw beat ups. I was so mad. Now, who who do you guys, and I know this is getting a little off strategy, who do you guys think is the Lamar of this year? Man, because that is, it's that Kyler, is a but... July question oh, me. Cole McDonald. Cole McDonald. <laughs> That's a little bit later in July question to me. I think we need to kind of break that down as an episode. Uh, personally, I kind For of... Sure. Spade, to be honest with you, it's Baker Mayfield. At least that's my opinion. I, I don't know I guess his ADP is. In redraft, his ADP is. We're so dynasty centric right now. 10, I believe. Quarterback 14. Oh, no, it is redraft, mm-hmm. yeah. What about. Quarterback 14. What about Burrow? What, no, he, I don't think he has that. Not in that offense. I know, but what, no. is, he, what is he being. What is he going? This was my question. Oh, you're asking probably right after. Asking, if he's going like he is going at, I think that's a safe nineteen. See, that's yeah. why I think that's kind of a better answer to me. Uh, I think Baker. But would you rather have? I think Baker's a solid. Would you rather have Baker or Burrow in a redraft? In a redraft, I, I think Baker. I'm just saying, I think you could win with Burrow. That's kind of what I mean. And I also think you could win with Stafford, who I assume is lower as well. I think you could win. Oh, no, he's quarterback thirty. Yeah, thirty. He's uh, one ahead of Baker. Yeah. Makes sense. So, well, yeah, and I know we're going to dive deeper into this um, at a later date. I was just curious. What, I mean, ultimately, I think the best shot is Kyler Murray, but his ADP is already there. It, and yeah. so it, yeah, he's already he's quarterback four. He's quarterback four off. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I mean, the hope would be Josh Carson Wentz the quarterback four. 12. I don't know. I know we're we're doing a Scotty Fishbowl draft tomorrow where we are not touching Josh Allen with a ten foot pole. Uh, if you were yep. in that, uh, I'm sorry because you already drafted. If you drafted him, I apologize for you. This is holy hell. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I I did see something. We'll talk about it after, but um, that you don't need to fade Allen and Watson because of their rushing. But we'll talk it about is, it. Shout it is, out, yeah, Ryan. I mean, it is hell. Yeah. But when your accuracy is about fifty-eight percent career, it's not great. Uh, yeah. And if you get penalized for incompletion, it's going to be scary. I just think that that's the thing that can lose you a week. That's that's where I'm going with, and I'm not trying to lose weeks. Well, and especially with especially with us being wearing best ball, yeah. so it's going to be able to exactly. Be. Yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to lose weeks. I want the best at everything. I want the best at every position for the week. So. We're going to take shots on people. I want the best at everything all the time. We're going to take shots at people, but I, I don't know. I don't this, want people to It's just in. Randy Hall figures out formula to winning fantasy <laughs> <Right>? football. <laughs> what a headline. All right. Let's let's get out of here. I'm done with this. Yeah. That's good. All right. You guys have anything else? Yes. Go watch Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Oh, my God. It was phenomenal. I did not know what to expect. Great freaking show i want to go see it on broadway i know our listeners probably don't like broadway shows but oh my god i don't know listen man i yeah i used to hit up playhouse quite a bit went to playhouse a couple times together but uh yeah i mean it's like i think it's really a good idea i'm just saying yeah also into the unknown documentary on Disney Plus. It breaks down how Frozen Two was animated. Fucking awesome. Super cool. Um, that is, that I, I really just don't care about. But the behind the scenes, like of Disney, is so intriguing. The cut, Disney, the if you cut want to sponsor us. Disney. Well, here's your I, no shot of that. Let's be real here. Uh, <laughs> As you can yeah, see, I, I just watched a bunch of Disney Plus this weekend. So. Yeah, I was gonna say, absolutely no shot of that. Yeah. See that didn't, but that one didn't even. Yeah, that one didn't even. Yeah, perfect. The cut brought to you by Fucking Disney. With explicit podcast. Right. Uh, <laughs> like that's that's even that's in a it. realm of 
Um, and then just keep an eye out that we'll be having, um, we'll be talking about strategies kind of more in depth coming up, uh, more mock drafts as the season gets closer. Our Diana Hills draft boards are awesome. Oh my God. (sighs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's probably not, yeah, that's probably not going to be our name, but we'll, 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 we'll have something. Yep. Yep, that's what they're called. I didn't know what to fucking call them, dude. <laughs> we'll work on it. <laughs> we called something different. Huh? So, uh, when does this episode come out, Christian? This episode is it's Thursday. It is Thursday, July. Uh, what day is it? it comes out today Thursday. is Thursday, July 9th. Yes. It comes out July 9th. So that means this is. Your last, your your last chance to get in the listener league. So just yeah. keep yeah. sending in any entries possible. We will be picking. We're gonna take all the entries, figure out how we want to break then, everything uh, down. We'll, we'll have going from tons there. more so stuff coming out. It's uh, gonna be exciting up right after as this we get closer to much. what there is going to be a football I, season. No we have another, that's episode. like a Sunday, right? Um, yeah, so there's and, no way uh, we have another episode. Yeah, before that. Oh, they haven't agreed to that yet. The NFLPA hasn't agreed to that. Or no, they're one of the ones that want to say no preseason, but the NFL hasn't agreed to it. Whatever. It's all just numbers games. All right. Um, that's it. That's all I got. I'm, I want to get out of here. For the ones I know. I'm just saying. All right. For Randy Hall, Christian Williams, I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys later. We gone. <laughs>